Welcome to ArtsCast Nebraska, a podcast about the creative activities and research of the faculty and alumni of the Hickson Lead College of Fine and Performing Arts at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. I'm Chris Marks, Associate Dean of the College, and it's my privilege to share with you these conversations about the fascinating work that our faculty and alumni do in the fine and performing arts. In this episode, I speak with alumnus Benito Sanchez, who graduated from UNO in 2013. He currently works as an assistant to film director Matt Reeves and has been working on the highly anticipated upcoming entry in the Batman film franchise. I spoke with Benito recently by Zoom and asked him what his job as a director's assistant involves. I am a director's assistant. I assist a director named Matt Reeves, who has done a number of films like Cloverfield, Planet of the Apes, and is currently in uh, editorial for The Batman. Um, basically, I do whatever he needs me to do. So that can include personal stuff, um, like you know, doing errands for him, making sure he has uh, everything that he needs. He drinks a lot of tea, so I get his teas. Uh, but then we also, you know, it also is a lot of um, prep work for the shoot and for pre-production. So it's just making sure that he has the correct script, making sure that um, he has all the materials that he needs to uh, to direct effectively. So the way I think about it is, you know, this is sort of like a billion dollar uh, franchise that he has on his shoulders. But at the end of the day, my job is to just facilitate Matt's work and make sure that he can get into it as easy as possible. Um, So yeah, I take it very seriously because I know that he's a super hard worker. You know, people ask me all the time, like, what did you learn? What did you learn? And it's kind of just like, it's sort of, again, it's another thing that's sort of difficult to list it'd be hard to list every sort of like little lesson that you learn throughout the day, but it's just like, just going through it with him. I feel like it's just taught me a lot about how to compose yourself on set, how to, how to just get through it and uh, how to handle that pressure. And um, yeah. So, I mean, that's, I guess that's what I was doing. I was helping him and I was learning as much as I possibly could. So what are some of your, your favorite things that you're, you're, you've been doing in the last year or so on uh, the film you know, like things that you're finding the most rewarding just personally. Yeah, I think just uh, developing, you know, relationship with my boss, Matt. And again, like I said, just shadowing him, just absorbing mm-hmm. everything that he's doing. With with COVID, they had to find new ways to uh, communicate with everyone on set. And so they used this technology. I don't know, it was, it was a headset. I think the brand is called Bolero or something like that. But basically he had a headset and he was connected to the DP, the first AD, a bunch of other folks, and they could all talk just from the push of a button. And I had one that was listening to him at all times. So basically when I was on set, I was like, I was kind of hearing his like train of thought at at all moments. So Mm. I thought that was really neat because, you know, it's almost as close as you can get to being inside someone's head to just like hear them literally 20, like for 12 hours a day. So that was really fascinating because, you know, you could hear him talk about like, well, you know, how, how should we, eat? there's like just the creative decisions of like, is there enough of this in the frame? Like, is, do, are we buying this? Like, do we need a light here? Like just those things like that. Again, just hard to quantify in like a very solid, like, this is what I learned, but just like, just hearing those conversations, I feel like were really special and really cool. 
I, st I started with Matt in summer of 2018, though we've only worked on one project together, which is this one. But I've been fortunate enough to see it as he was writing it into the pre-production, into the production, like actually being there and now into post. And so seeing like him write a scene and being like, oh, that's going to be so cool when like we actually can film it. And then seeing it filmed is pretty incredible. Um, and again, also seeing like the first designs of of the Batmobile and like remembering like what it took, you know, oh, there were, there were, or there was one designer with the breakthrough, remembering that breakthrough and then comparing that initial sketch to what it actually was and seeing like, wow, it really was a lot similar, but it was different in this ways. And then just also knowing like stylistically what the production designer brought to it and just knowing all these like small little things that, People mostly because people just see the finished product and that's great. And I, and I'm somewhat envious of that because I think this movie is going to be really cool. Um, we did a lot of interesting technology on this film um, using sort of like VR and Unreal Engine to be doing some of the storyboarding and things like that. And I had to keep track of all that and make sure it was all printed for him to have on the day. So that was actually a really interesting thing because I know the Carson School is getting more into like VR and stuff like that. We were yeah. using a lot of that technology in pre-production and in productions, uh, basically taking the screenshots from our Unreal Engine and using those as storyboards. So, and I had, and you know, that's kind of a newer thing in a lot of these circles. Like, um, so I was sort of, I feel like I was, part of this first wave having to like figure out how to organize that and how to actually use that on set. Like I said, we did a lot of work in game engines for pre-production mm -hmm. and that translated, I mean, directly into what was shot in, in a real sort of like one-to-one -one way. Like you would see the screenshot of what we captured in the Unreal Engine. And then if you put it next to the shot that we got, it would be pretty much the same, you know? I mean, obviously a little different because this is the real world, but it really was a big blueprint for us. One because we shut down for like five months, and then when we ramped up, it was like a second pre-production. And instead of doing that in like uh, um, in like a room together, where sometimes the door was closed or I had to go do something, we were all working from home. So I could watch, I could watch all day them setting up shots in the Unreal Engine, like I was telling you, I, um, Matt's process as to like why he wants this, this, and this, because. It was a very meticulous thing, like down to the shot, down to the lens, down to where where is the set dressing, all that stuff. So just being able to see that on the Zoom in real time, how those decisions are made, that I think was really cool. Because often if it was in if it's in a room, it's it's just it's I don't know. I mean, I think it's gonna be interesting to see how things evolve once hopefully COVID finishes, but that was one thing, at least from an educational, like as an assistant, that was really cool to see because I feel like that was another window that I might not have gotten to see as much of uh, if it was like normal times. When when did you first know that you wanted to go into filmmaking? It's hard to remember exactly, um, but I know one of the biggest turning points was... Uh, well, I know my, my brother, he did, he did this... So at Lincoln Public Schools, they have this focus program called, I don't know what, if it still exists, I'd have to look, but at the time it was called ITFP, which I think was like Information Technology Focus Program. Mm -hmm. I think there was like a film, I think there was a filmmaking class that he took. And so he would bring home like cameras and he would bring home like Mac laptops that he would check out and mm -hmm. they would do little shorts. And I always thought that was really interesting. I remember one time he like buried us all in the snow 
and we all like you know came out of the snow for like a zombie concept that he was doing and i just love that i loved acting in that and being in that and seeing him record it i was fascinated by that um so that's probably my earliest memories of like filmmaking and seeing someone be a filmmaker and then later in high school, uh, at, I went to Lincoln High, and my friend, who also is a UNL grad, his name is Michael Maley, he went to the um, uh, art school. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a film together for that. I think it was the first year that they did a competition or, you know, um, some sort of like judging for for video, for film. And so we made a short film, and it was so much fun, and it was so cool. And I think we got like really, like we scored super high. And so I remember seeing, I remember screening it, a couple times in the at the lead center, I think it was, mm-hmm. and just the just the like, just knowing that it scored really high, and just seeing people's feeling and hearing people's reaction inside the theater was so magical to me. And you know, I don't think I've ever because I haven't really finished something that I think I want to present to the world or has gotten to festival. Actually, no, that's not true. I, I got something into a festival in like 2012, but there, there was just something about seeing it at the lead feeling the reaction, knowing that um, it scored really high, that was just so magical and, and, and I loved it. And it was, it was almost addicting. And so I guess maybe yeah. I've just been chasing that ever since. Benito grew up in Nebraska, went to Lincoln High, and then to the Johnny Carson School of Theater and Film at UNL. I asked him to talk about his early interests in filmmaking and how his experience as a film student prepared him for his career. I think for me, it was just understanding what the heck was happening. I think knowing that it's like, so that light is that, that light is that. And um, well, I also, I'm always struck by how similar it is um, to be doing art, like the films that we were doing in the Carson School. And then since then, the independent stuff that I've been trying to do myself, how similar it is to the problems that you encounter uh, on these bigger budget films, whether they're 1 million or, you know, whatever Batman's budget is, which is huge. It's like, there's, there's always a crunch for time. You're always having to make somewhat compromises to your vision to get it done. You're always sort of on the fly trying to figure something out. Um, So there's just that of going through it in a sort of like, safer environment that was the Carson school and, mm-hmm. and sort of seeing that mirrored in real life and, and, and just having the mentality of like, oh, okay, this is, they're going through it too. Um, and then there was, I mean, actually, you know, for Matt, um, you know, I was editing all of the, um, the screen tests that they would show the executives um, mm-hmm. for like uh, the actors. So, right. you know, I edited the, um, and, you know, it wasn't like I was doing too many, like, creative decisions, but I still, like, you know, the skills of, like, importing and all that stuff, everything that I learned at the Carson School, basically, it was just, like, I edited that for these super high-level meetings where people decided, like, who's going to be Batman, you know, things like that. Right. Or just, like, you know, I edited the presentation for the Greenlight Committee where we put together, like, music and pictures and all these things, you know, for the top executives of Warner Brothers to say, okay, you guys are going to shoot, you know? So those, those skills certainly came in handy. You know, I was born and raised in Nebraska. You know, my family is originally from Mexico. We don't have any connections to, um, to Hollywood per se, you know, quote unquote Hollywood. Right. Uh, just being at the Carson school and being exposed to that in Nebraska was huge for me because I didn't have, there was not, uh, you know, there wasn't like much exposure anywhere else within the state. Um, so, 
you know, a lot of people say like, you don't have to go to film school, whatever, whatever. But for me, I think it was crucial because mm. I sort of needed that base of, 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 um, of knowledge to, I feel like be, uh, uh, just on the level playing field out here because a lot of a lot of folks out here can intern at different places and you can still intern at the carson school because i know a lot of people do but um it's certainly a, a little easier i think if you're on the west coast to just like uh pick up on certain things but for me i didn't have any of that so i i sort of needed the carson school to get me there i think it's another thing that school is really important for is just like experimenting finding your voice watching movies so that you can have a take on something because the worst thing that you can do is just sort of be neutral on and that doesn't help anyone you sort of have to find your voice and find your opinion and and that was a big lesson that i learned um in school and also out of it it's just like it's you're only value you're only as valuable as like how much you can contribute and to contribute you really do have a have to have a point of view while he was a student at UNL, Benito took some time off to be an assistant to Faden Papa Michael, the director of photography for the acclaimed Alexander Payne film Nebraska. I asked him to talk about what he learned from that experience. A lot of lessons I learned back then uh, on this film Nebraska, um, I've st I'm still using today because it was still the same sort of thing. Cause he would, he, you know, he's a very highly respected DP. You know, he had a lot of, he had a lot of expectations because he's been working in this industry for so long and he's very well respected and he gets great results, but he has, you know, high expectations for what he wants out of an assistant. And so I had to meet them. And for me, it was challenging at first because, you know, I certainly had been on set before then, but nothing quite to the level of that, of the professionals that are around us. So that's sort of where I guess I got the mentality of like, well, I just have to do everything that I can to make it as easy as possible because this, it's hard to be on set in any capacity. Uh, and especially when you're dealing with those high level decisions that they are. So you open the door a little bit to kind of what you want to do um, either beyond this or after this. I don't know how long you plan to work for, for Matt Reeves, but uh, what kind of projects do you see yourself working on or, or where do you see yourself going over the next several years? Yeah. I mean, it's, it, you know, it's obviously hard to say, I, I feel like I have like a North star of what I want to do and I'm trying to, I'm trying to follow that North star, but there's lots of twists and turns on the way. So what's your North star? So the North Star for me is to do something that, you know, something like what Matt does, which is writer, director, and producer, because he has his own company and he uses that to bring voices, uh, um, to promote voices that are interesting and that align with the vision of what he wants to do. And I think that's awesome and great. But, you know, he started off as a writer and uh, then he got into directing and that's very much what I would like to do. So writing is just a very difficult thing. And so what I'm trying to do right now is just finish a feature, I've actually try to finish two features by the time I'm done sort of with this project. Um, because I guess the one piece of advice, cause I used to work at Bad Robot mm -hmm. and uh, that's JJ Abrams production company. Yep. And on my last day, actually, I, I had sat down with, with him and um, we talked about a number of things, but one of the biggest things he told me is that that, you know, if you're trying to be a director in this industry uh, and a writer, 
the biggest asset that you can have is a feature film written in your voice and just, you know, polished and, and good and ready to present to people. Not obviously not like a first draft, like something good that you can present to people because no one can take that away from you. It establishes your voice. Um, it shows what kind of filmmaker you want to be. Um, so that, that has been a big goal for me. And it's been difficult just because for me, I find it difficult to sit down and just write. Um, I feel like I can always get sort of, I was really good at writing shorts, but you know, shorts aren't more than like 20 pages. Uh, so for me, it's been a little hard to get past the hump of like the short. So that is a big, that's a big goal for me in the next uh, year or two is just to have those. And, um, but what I really want to get into is the Unreal Engine. Um, and uh, because I feel like seeing how much we use it in the pre-production, I feel like it could be a good tool to just like either do I mean, people do this all the time, obviously, but it's just something that I'm exploring is like either doing like quick shorts in, in, in Unreal Engine or using it to illustrate to potential buyers or potential investors, like what you're trying to do with the movie and, and just saying like, hey, this is like, you know, cause you can have your pitch deck and everything. And I've seen some really beautiful pitch decks working in development um, that directors will create to sell their movies to get the concept out. And I've seen mood uh, mood reels as well, where directors will directors and producers will uh, you know they'll they'll have the pitch deck, they'll pitch the story, and then you'll see like a five minute um, you know video of clips from different movies and set to music, and it'll be like this is the vibe that we're going for. Mm. But then on top of that, my idea would be like, well, can I actually create? Like, can I can if like if I've written a script, can I like? do a scene in the unreal engine and show it to you and see with and hire some voice actors and do like a real scene. And they use that as a tool to be like, Hey, like this is what it would actually look like. And are you, if you're feeling something now seeing this like unreal engine, imagine if you saw it in real life mm. and you know, give me the money to do it. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. so that's, so that's something that I'm actually trying to explore. I just need to build the PC, which has been hard. Yeah. It's been hard to get a graphics card. I couldn't resist asking Benito if he could tell us anything about what the new Batman film is going to be like. Well, you know what? I think it's going to be, I think it's going to surprise a lot of people. I think it's going to be yeah. way different than what's come before. Mm. And I think it is going to be emotional and, and I do hope you cry <laughs> like, but not just cry, but I think you're going to be excited and you're going to be, you know, obviously I can't say too much about it, but yeah, I yeah. do think that it's going to be really, really cool. And it, it's going to surprise people and hopefully they just like feel, and that's not how I always felt about filmmaking myself. It was just like, you know, when I, when I'm, I feel inspired, I feel a certain way. Or, or when I see a movie like her or a music video that moves me, it's like, I feel something deeply inside me. And, and, and I feel like that's the most powerful thing you can do as an artist is just make someone feel a certain way. Mm. And so that's, that's, that's just the, the biggest goal is like, let me make something that's beautiful, profound, says something uh has a point of view and put it out in the world and then tell me how you feel about it you know so yeah when you go to see the batman set to be released in 2022 keep your eyes out for benito's name as the credits roll and watch for more of his own work in the future i can't wait to see him writing and directing his own film someday soon You've been listening to ArtsCast Nebraska, a podcast production of the Hickson Lead College of Fine and Performing Arts at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. 
This episode was recorded and edited by me, Chris Marks, with technical assistance from Jeff O'Brien from the Johnny Carson Center of Emerging Media Arts. Special thanks to Kathy Anderson and Ella Durham. For more information about the college, please visit arts.unl.edu. Thank you for listening, and remember to support the arts.